Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back into another week of Train, Eat, Repeat. I am here with the lovely Andrea. Hello. And I uh, hope you guys are not drowning right now because <laughs> I don't know about you if you're in another part of the country, but it's been raining every single day. Oh, my gosh, you guys. And the humidity is its starting to get a little unbearable. And I like humid weather. I almost died on my 10-mile run on Monday. <laughs> um, and that could have been after a weekend of uh, not exactly eating within our diet. Um, we went to a wedding and, uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit off kilter. We had fun. We, we did a, have fun. We, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun, and congratulations to our buddy Eric and Hillary, mm-hmm. um, who uh, had a wonderful uh, wedding. It was good to see friends. So yes, it was. sometimes it's just worth it. It is. It was very much worth it. So if you aren't drowning, you're listening to the podcast. That's great. <laughs> um, and this is Training Repeat. So if you are new to our podcast, um, this is episode sixty-one. Holy We're doing it sixty-one moly. episodes. It's crazy. But make sure you go back and check out our previous episodes, and in, in especially important for this episode because we actually are going to be doing a part two to last week's episode um, talking about detoxes and more specifically the results from one of our clients uh, finishing up her seven-day detox. So we're going to go into a little bit of the details there. Um, if you like the podcast or you want to hear more um, and you like listening to our voices... <laughs> Which, who, I mean, I wouldn't blame you. Uh, make sure you guys go on the iTunes podcast app, leave a five-star review, and leave an actual written review. A couple words is all we need. We don't need necessarily paragraphs or anything like that. Um, but we just want to know what you guys think of the podcast. We're trying to get the word out. Um, and again, let us know what you want to hear about. Like, like we're covering topics that we uh, feel are pertinent. Mm-hmm. Um, or that we've had questions on that, you know, our clients have asked us. And so we feel if they have that question... That you guys have the same questions. And and there are no stupid questions. No. Because we like questions. I guarantee you if you're thinking about it, somebody else is thinking For about sure. it too. And there the that's the cool thing about health and wellness, that entire field, is that it's constantly growing and evolving. And there's always something new to be learned. So, and there's something that even we learn as we're continuing to work with clients. And that's that's just the cool part of it. So What we're going to do today, kind of a a different format, um, is that we're actually going to talk about a case study. Mm -hmm. Um, So one of our clients, we won't name names or anything like that. We'll just use sort of an avatar. Um, But a a person that's in her early 50s um, going through a little bit of perimenopausal symptoms or going through the stages of menopause right now and has been working with me uh, for probably the last, I would say, 8 to 11 months or so. Um, and when we first started, obviously we were working on the, the bare bones, the basics in terms of let's shape some healthy habits around eating and nutrition and, or eating nutrition, movement, um, sleep, hydration, and, and really just trying to get, nail those basics down. Yeah. Lay the groundwork down for all the other habits. Absolutely. Because if you don't get the habits done first, then no detox in the world is going to help you. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had to understand what the goal was and why we were looking to to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we started working, it was in the middle of the pandemic too. So that 
that was something that obviously was a stressor on her. She's also, uh, you know, we can say from an avatar standpoint, she has a very uh, stressful job um, that demands a lot from her. What was her initial goal when she first started working with you? Yeah, I guess I got a little bit ahead of myself there. <laughs> uh, so the big thing was is is number one, um, she had made a pretty big career change uh, within the year prior, and when that happened, a lot of her uh, goals sort of fell apart, and part of it was due to the pandemic too. So when she got to her new location for her new job, she was actively going to the gym and she had a sort of routine going. Well, then like most people during the pandemic, when everything shut down, she totally lost in any sure. aspect of that routine, right? And mm-hmm. we've talked about before how the pandemic not only uh, gave you an opportunity to take a look at the routines that didn't add to your life, but also which routines need to be put back in because they did add to your life. So, you know, eating wasn't really on point. Um, uh, sort of like boredom eating, emotional eating was happening. Uh, no semblance of a, a consistent workout routine. Um, and, and really such a focus on the career aspect. It was adding more stress into mm-hmm. her life and never really having an outlet for that stress. Okay. Okay. So she's looking for routine, uh, putting that habit back in, but someone really trying her to understand how she can exercise at home on herself. And yeah, and I would say that's more the the habit goal. The the main goal, though, was that she knew that she was not in the shape or the she wasn't the identity that she wanted to be. What I mean by that is, is that she knew that she wanted to lose a little bit of weight. Um, you know, not that it was necessarily the main goal, but it was part of the goal. She also wanted to f- feel good. I felt like she was feeling sluggish and tired um, and also noticing the effects that perimenopause and menopause was having on her body. Like nothing was was consistent. Um, she noticed that she was starting to gain weight around her midsection, which wasn't normal. Um, so there were a lot of markers or things happening that she was starting to realize that, hey, I need to get this under control. And because she had had the experience of working out in the past, and 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 in fact, she had done a detox before uh, with me that, you know, she knew what she could feel like, and she didn't feel that way anymore. Okay, so why, what habits did she change before you explained? doing the detox? Uh, took a took a long time. Um, you know, just like any time we try to shape our own habits, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, it's 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 a matter of ke- them keeping themselves accountable and also me keeping them accountable. And I guess what that means is is that it took a while to really find out what to have her realize that this was important for her. Okay. So in the beginning, workouts weren't as consistent. We really started to work on shaping habits around just making sure the plate made sense in terms of her eating. So are we having good proteins, healthy fats, good carbohydrates, and um, otherwise staying away from processed food, added sugars when we can? And the hardest part really was getting her out of a habit of eating certain things. You know, I talk a lot about how, you know, we're creatures of habit. We eat the same things day in and day out because it's very easy. It's very accessible, but also too, it feeds that emotional side of our body. Mm -hmm. So she was eating a lot of foods that didn't necessarily 
um, benefit her from a body standpoint and an energy standpoint, hormone standpoint, but she was eating things that were very easy and very accessible for her. And part of that was that balance of, you know, she was used to going to the office five days a week and they have a cafeteria and maybe she would bring some lunch sometimes to now I'm home all the time. I actually need to have food prepared and ready to go all the sure. time. So what what changes did she make? Or I guess what what was the reason why you expressed doing a detox with her? So the biggest thing was, is that um you know, once she got consistent, um, we're, we're in a streak right now where she literally hasn't missed a workout in two months. And I would say like a month and a half, two months. And the eating habits were on point. We were starting to get better sleep. We were starting to control our stress. And and one of the biggest things is that we, we sort of nipped in the butt the negotiations that she was having with herself. And that was something that we both agreed upon because it would always be, well, I didn't do this because of this, or I couldn't do this because of this. Those are negotiations. You can call them negotiations, excuses, whatever you want to call them. But there were just too many instances where she was allowing herself to get out of things be, you know, because of certain things happening. And, and granted, there's always going to be something that you literally have zero control over, but I think you have a lot more control over than you think. So that was, that was really the, the first thing. But, and, and even though we had all this consistency, the numbers on the scale were not moving. And, and that, and that's what sort of boggled my mind. Like, and we were having strange fluctuations in water retention. Um, she wasn't regular at all. Mm. Um, sometimes not even going for an entire day, mm. um, which is super, um, that's telling. not normal folks. Yeah. Not normal at all. Um, in fact, if you're not having a bowel movement within the first 20 to 30 minutes of your day without the, the use of coffee, of coffee or stimulants mm-hmm. or anything like that, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a warning sign from your body that you're not releasing the toxins from your body. So, you know, we had um, we had uh, Dr. Gabrielle Fundero on a, a few podcasts back, and she talked a lot about probiotics and mm-hmm. gut health. Mm-hmm. And, and we've also come to realize, too, that, you know, your, your toxins live inside your body. Your body does have natural detoxifying ways, right? It goes through your liver, your lymphatic system, and also your skin. But if your body can't get rid of those, it's going to get stored somewhere, right? And in most cases, it gets stored in fat. And so that's why, like, the, the biggest thing, the reason why we wanted to focus on this was that something else was happening inside of her body that I couldn't account for the habits that we were already changing, Okay, so so you notice that uh, she was she was consistent for a couple of months. Let's say she was consistent for two months doing her exercises, and she was really changing her eating habits and eating foods that were best for her lifestyle and for her body. But you notice that when she was on the scale, things were not changing. Were they going up? Were they not coming down? Uh, roller coaster effect. In terms effect. of losing weight. Roller coaster effect. Um, you know, we would have, uh, a consistency of, you know, we would be down two pounds and then the day later would be up three, Okay. you know, and, and that would almost be indicative and of her water retention going up and down too. Okay. Um, and so really nothing was changing. So even though we were putting all this work in, nothing was changing to stand still. The body was holding on. To And it's true. Your body is a homeostasis machine. It wants you to stay the way you are. So if you feel like it's very frustrating, it's because your body's trying to protect you. But her body was sending some kind of alarm signal and saying, nope, we're going to batten down the hatches. We're going to hold on to everything. Okay. So then you express doing a detox. What kind of a detox 
did you did you offer her? So the detox is was created by Alyssa Vitti. She wrote a uh, she has a company called Flow Living, um, and it's all tied to balancing out your hormones and also trying to increase the productivity of the liver. So the goal here really is to take out common foods that interrupt blood sugar regulation. Um, also to taking out things that will raise cortisol. So like caffeine from coffee and things like that. Um, and the whole goal being to sort of hit the reset button um, and then come out of that detox, sort of learning some things about your body. So the detox was how long? Uh, so it was four days of a regimented detox with a three-day post-detox. So really seven days in total um, with a little bit more leniency and adding in different food groups after that four-day period. So it's really focusing on the liver and jump-starting the liver to help with the elimination process. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So your client started on this. How did it go for day one? Well, you expressed this to your client. How did, was she, how did she receive it? Very receptive, okay. but I think more so receptive because we'd already started to work on all of the habits prior, okay. right? Like a detox is never something that I would suggest to somebody who's brand new to healthier eating because first, we have to understand what healthy eating looks like, because in all intents and purposes, if we can eliminate the need for a detox, I would rather you not have to do it, sure. right? Because detoxes can go awry. Well, detoxes can go awry, and I think it's also the mindset of it. It's like people can't look at a detox as the magic pill, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, our culture has adopted this magic pill um, ideology that, you know, this program will solve all of your problems. But in most cases, those people that think that go directly back to what they were doing prior. And that's again, why I think that it's not the detox that's important. The detox is, is a, is a, a tool. Mm -hmm. The most important thing is what we do post detox. Like what happens after the detox is more important than what's happening during it. Okay. And we'll get to that. So day one of the detox, how, how did your client feel? How was she responding? Uh, So first of all, she did the planning, she did the work. So when you do a detox, you really do have to plan um, in terms of your meals. You have to make sure everything is prepped and ready to go. Um, She also was going to be uh, ceasing all workouts because, (laughs) um, and the reason behind that is, is that when you start to take away nutrients from your body and things that's used to be used to getting in terms of sugar, in terms of gluten and other nutrients, your body is under a stress alarm. And so the worst thing you can do is continue continue your harder, strenuous workouts and while also drastically changing your diet, mm-hmm. right? That would have, would have, it would have been a, a negative uh, result from that standpoint. But day one, you know, being prepared, um, she did have a little bit of a hiccup. She forgot her lunch that she made, mm-hmm. um, which was a giant sort of detoxifying salad at home. And but you know what, though? She she rallied. She figured it out. Um, I think the biggest thing is always putting things in perspective. You're not a failure for, for getting your lunch. It's going to happen m- numerous times. But I think the biggest thing was is that she did feel depleted. She felt tired. She felt hungry at times, um, which is completely normal. And in fact, most people will feel worse before they feel better. And part of that is, again, like I said, we're taking out all those things that your body was used to having, right? So we have a little bit of a blood sugar regulation going on um, or, or, or flux going on, if you will, in a good way. 
But the other part of it, too, is that your body is starting to release toxins into your bloodstream. So when people lose weight, it's the same reason. When people lose weight, you actually can feel worse because toxins, one of the major storage units is fat. So the more fat you have, i.e., the more toxins you actually have in your body. And so that's why keeping an optimal body fat range is not just important from an aesthetic standpoint, but important in terms of your body being able to let go of toxins that could end up being free radicals. So we talk about things like cancer and things like that. That's why we put such an emphasis on some on uh, not just subcutaneous fat, but more so visceral fat, the fat that encases your organs, the belly fat, because if there's toxins in there, you got to imagine it's going to leach into your into other parts of your body. So, um, but I would say day one, day two, not to jump ahead, mm-hmm. were, were probably the most brutal for her. So when did she, when did she, did she feel good at, in any of these four days or how was her mindset during this time? Uh, I, I think the mindset was, so, so first of all, what was great about the detox is that it's four days right? I've seen detoxes that can last 14 to 30 days. Uh-huh. Um, and they might not be as restrictive, but when you say it's four days, I can plan for these four days. She also made sure that her calendar or her focus was solely on work. It was a lighter workload week. So again, the, the added stressors we were trying to eliminate when we could. Um, and she did notice a couple, a couple of good things like sleep actually was, um, she went, she, she actually didn't say it was like much better, but she said she did notice that she was able to get to sleep quicker, um, and also stay asleep, uh, for the most part. Um, some of that could have been contributed to the fact that it was, uh, cooler temperatures where she was during those times, which obviously, you know, the cooler and darker your room is, the better sleep that you get. Um, but again, it, it, she felt like she got better sleep. The other aspect of it too, was that, um, once she started to feel better around day three and day four, she started to really tap into the fact that her body, what, what are those sort of hunger cues that she has? Meaning that for instance, she had a a really stressful day on day three at work. Um, just in terms and stressful in terms of the fact that she had to be on the entire time. Like she had to be paying attention the whole time. And, when she came home, what she had to look forward to, which was dinner, was spinach and quinoa, mm. which after a stressful day, I can imagine she made actually a little joke about it. The last thing you want is a bunch of quinoa and spinach. <laughs> but the most amazing, I, I guess, realization that she had was that she actually felt full and satisfied mm-hmm. by it. You know, and I think that that speaks to how often we eat um, based on our emotions Versus eating what our body actually needs and allowing ourselves to feel full, allowing ourselves to feel satisfied. Um, and that was a, a big takeaway yeah. in that day three to day four transition. So how did she, after day four, then she started to, how, how did that transition? Because you said it's seven days, but it's really the four days is the crucial. Yeah. So after the fourth day. Um, we, we really started to reintroduce um, some other food groups. So on the detox, essentially what you're taking out is all dairy, all alcohol, all gluten, um, all processed sugar. You're, you're getting, you're pretty much only eating fruit, vegetables, beans and legumes and broth, um, fish and uh, like rice and quinoa. That's basically the entire diet. Um, and So then when we get into days, you know, five through seven, really starting to add back in um, 
other proteins. So like chicken, um, we might even add in a little bit of uh, red meat as well. Other vegetable sources, other carbohydrate sources in terms of like sweet potatoes, things like that. So we're still eating very clean, very unprocessed food. Also adding in some other forms of uh, sugar. So allowed to have two dates and two squares of dark chocolate at night um, with the entire premise being of trying to get back into somewhat of a normal cadence with your eating. But again, still having those elements that worked for her. So for instance, uh, one thing that realization she had when I asked her what she sort of learned was that she needs more vegetables, plain and simple. And that's, that's probably what everybody would realize or say, Mm -hmm. um, including us. But that she says that she needs more vegetables. That's a huge, you know, realization for her. Mm -hmm. So where are, what was the outcome of the detox? What was the results? Gosh, you know, what's crazy is, so we, This was before the detox, but she was weighing in every single day. And there is, without going into too much detail, it was more so of an accountability measure for her. Um, There's obviously context and everything, but for her, it wasn't a negative thing. So know that that's, that's something that you need to realize is like, I don't advocate weighing in every day unless, of course, it's something that you look at as like more of a positive and it's just one measurement. So let me just get that out of the way. Sure. But the results were amazing. Okay. Her body... Not only lost weight, but it all came from body fat and subcutaneous fat. So in essence, the detox did the job in terms of allowing her body to let go of it. Now, part of that, I you have to understand, is emptying, right? She greatly restricted the number of calories that she was probably eating prior. You're going to lose weight. But she also didn't lose any muscle mass either. Mm. So the fact that her body was able to start getting rid of those toxins and really start to let go of that weight and um, actually start to like feel better, like realizing like, hey, I am actually full or I am actually satisfied. Um, She even mentioned too, as another takeaway, that she realized that most of my meals pre-detox are probably too big. Hmm. Like she was probably overeating a little bit in terms of portions because if she felt satisfied with those meals and four days is not long enough for your body to adjust to like that small of a, of a gut, right? That connection, but that connection between Mm -hmm. brain and, and belly of, Hey, I'm actually full. Hey, I'm actually satisfied. Yeah. Makes you look at differently the meals that you eat moving forward. And that's a huge realization. So, but body fat went down, uh, you know, muscle mass stayed, uh, relatively the same. Also her, uh, water retention went up, but that's normal. It was no longer a flux. It never was longer a roller coaster. It went up and it went up for a couple reasons. One, your body will retain more water when you eat more water filled foods, right? So she was having tons of fruit, tons of vegetables. She was pounding eight glasses of water a day. She was having green tea every day. So all of those things played a role in her retaining more water, but also too, she was retaining more water because the body was kind of in that alarm stage too, which is in a good way. So, you know, and she is now on the, the week after the detox and sort of working on what things can we still keep in your routine that you learn from the detox. So like her normal eating? Normal eating, yeah. Okay. Okay. So like, for instance, we're keeping the green drink. So it was like a green smoothie she would make every morning. Um, We also talked about adding in a huge salad at lunch because she actually, it's something she enjoyed. And I think that's the important part too, 
to on a on a side note is that the goal isn't to always be on a detox. The goal is what do we learn from it? What can I add back in that I actually enjoyed or was was actually sustainable for me that I know makes me feel good and makes me feel satisfied and I'm still getting all my nutrients. It was adding those veggies in. So yes. she was a, a a strict deficit of vegetables in her diet. So she she's increasing her vegetables, which is fantastic. I love that. Mm-hmm. And what about workout wise? Workout wise, we're going back very slowly. So two days of strength training, long rest periods in between, not lifting overly heavy because the central nervous system is still trying to regulate after that seven day detox. Um, We're not doing we're doing like really light Pilates type work, the Pilates stretching. And we're also just making sure we get daily walks in. So, again, we're not hammering the body coming right out of a detox, which would also be unwise because again, I don't want to add all those stressors back in because I guarantee you part of what worked. Yes, it was the detoxification of the liver or allowing the body to detox, right? The other part of it too was blood sugar regulation. So anytime that your blood sugars are in a constant flux or your body thinks it's getting extra sugar, right? So that's the dangerous thing about artificial sugar is that the body singles and says, I'm getting sugar. It releases insulin to come and mop it up. Well, if the insulin doesn't have anything to mop up, it's going to store body fat Mm -hmm. because it thinks it has excess of something, right? And so by doing this detox and taking those out and allowing her blood sugar to regulate, the body all of a sudden says, oh, I don't need to release insulin. I'm completely fine. Sure. The other aspect of it was cortisol. Now, we never tested her cortisol, so I, I'm, I'm making an, an assumption mm-hmm. based on the facts. But anytime your cortisol, your fight or fight response is in constant alert, mm-hmm. the body holds on to everything. So if we can get the body to calm down, have normal uh, cortisol levels, which, by the way, your cortisol should be the highest first thing in the morning and gradually taper off as you go throughout the day. Hence why we also took out caffeine out of this diet, because caffeine does heightened cortisol. So those were two important things that I feel were a contribution to the results that we saw. What about, now you had said she was perimenopause, maybe menopausal, mm. anything change with her hormone regulation? I mean, based on the results, I, I can see the hormone regulation because that's what we look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but her, her release of toxins, she probably had leftover estrogen that was stored. Mm-hmm. And that's what one of the goals uh, that was detailed in the, in the um, in the four day detox is like too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. Like, like estrogen and progesterone are normal in women. When you start to go through those phases of perimenopause and menopause, they're greatly diminished. So think of it like on a bell curve, like a, a woman who's in her, uh, you know, fertility years, your, your first seven days of your cycle, progesterone and estrogen are very low. So that's why, you know, one of the programs we have coming out, the perimenopause, perireboot is all about timing your workouts around your cycle and realizing what's more important. So then as you start to get into your um, follicular phase and your ovulatory phase, that's where progesterone and estrogen start to really rise. Now, if you're eating a diet that is uh, positive in estrogen or, or estrogen um, supporting, and you already have a ton of estrogen, that's a bad thing. So, you know, that's why like in your menstrual and also in your, um, uh, 
with follicular and luteal. So in your luteal and your and your uh, menstrual phase, you should be eating promoting foods that help boost up your estrogen. So yes, to, to answer your question, <laughs> she was clearing a lot of those byproducts out of her system, um, which was super important. And and some of the things from the de- from the detox that you mentioned, her insulin, her cortisol, estrogen, these are all hormones in our bodies mm-hmm. and how our hormones can get thrown off so quickly just by the food that we eat or don't eat kind of thing. Well, and, and it's a bite and it's a one of those situations where you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the can that's where weight loss can be so hard and so confusing mm-hmm. is that you continue on this trend. You're doing all the things that you've heard are good, right? I'm moving more, I'm eating less, I'm eating cleaner food, I'm right. getting sleep and water. Checking all the boxes. And at the end of the day though, if there's still something going on inside the body that's not allowing you to let go of everything, it doesn't matter how hard you work. And in fact, you could be overworking. Right. And that's why we talk about the importance of recovery. And that's also why this client in particular didn't do any workouts during this detox, because I knew it was going to be too much of a stress on her body with the detox. And then also adding workouts would be too much. So all in all, it was a great success. Great success, you know, but I think this is the most important phase that she's in right now. Mm -hmm. While the detox, I'm sure, was very hard, Mm -hmm. she obviously felt like crap the majority of the time. um, And I'm using that generalized term loosely. But you don't feel good when you're on a detox because you're you're changing things up and your body's on alarm. You shouldn't feel good, right? Releasing toxins, yes. But this is the most important phase right now. And for those of you listening that are thinking about going on some type of a detox or if you want more information about this detox, is that what you do after is so much more important than what you do during. Because if you just think, oh, I can just go back to what I was doing before, you can't. Okay. Now, does that mean that you have to be super restrictive and all you're eating your salads all day long? No. Like th- there's other nutrients that you have to get through other foods and you can make them varied. But I think the lessons that you learn from it, so what she learned in terms of I need more vegetable intake, I actually don't mind a huge salad with white fish and rice. I think it was actually really delicious, right? Um, and having her realize that her portions were way too big. So those are all big things that she sort of realized and otherwise made her feel good regardless of of the weight loss and the body fat loss. So those are... This is the most important phase right now. And the big thing is that it's not that different from how she should have been eating otherwise, right? So we're still focusing on a diet of full of full of good fats, greens, high fiber foods, and high quality proteins. And the reason why we need those is that the liver needs those nutrients in order to process the excess hormones and toxins and eliminate them from the body, right? So like... In, in essence, this is the it's four phases that really the liver goes through when we're trying to detox. So the liver breaks down toxins into smaller components by using nutrients from foods such as glutathione, B vitamins, and C vitamins. The smaller components are called free radicals, and they are more toxic once they're broken down. So it's critical to flush them from the body ASAP, which we talked about flushing them out mm-hmm. through regularity, through your lymphatic system. So every time that you like move and you stretch, and then also in terms of your skin. So that's also why part of the detox was doing like an Epsom salt bath to draw those toxins mm. out of your body. And then in phase two, the free radicals are combined with the selenium and amino acids in your liver, again, sourced from your food, and they become harmless and water-soluble through the process. Then the water-soluble molecules bind to fiber. So, yes, the very same fiber you get in food, right, mm-hmm. which is why high-fiber diets are good for you. They help to cleanse everything out of the system. They're easy for the liver to 
process. Yes. And are squirted out of the body. And then phase four, toxins are limited via your skin, lymphatic system, and bowel movements. So, you know, and, and if the liver isn't working optimally, and if you're putting foods in your body that give the liver two jobs, I use this example all the time around alcohol intake, right? Is why That's why we want to control frequency over volume. Because if your jobs, if the body, if the job of the liver is to regulate your metabolism, to clear toxins out of your body, and now I'm going to add in another toxin, alcohol, which is why alcohol is not something you add in during this detox, then you're giving a three jobs to a organ that's supposed to be doing two very effectively. So it's going to stop doing one of those jobs. Or it's just going to be diminished, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's why there's a, there's a rhyme and reason for everything that we do, but your liver health um, is so important when we're looking to regulate your metabolism and otherwise clearing out all those extra hormones, mm-hmm. clearing out excess waste, clearing out toxins out of the, out of the body fat that you have. Um, those are huge and they need those nutrients. So I want you guys to understand everyone that's listening that we don't take detoxes very lightly. We, we discussed this round and round for quite a bit before you presented it to your client mm-hmm. um, because detoxes are, are super hard. They're, they're a stressful time on the body. Um, however, it sounded like this client really needed, you know, um, a jump start, so to speak. I don't want to say it was a, it was a last ditch effort, but it was something it was in, an, it's a tool in a toolbox, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's a time and place for it. But the first place you should start is asking yourself why you want to make a change, mm-hmm. which we always talk about in this podcast and inside of our coaching with our clients. And then ask yourself, evaluate where your habits are now compared to where they need to be or they should be. Mm-hmm. And if you're confused on where you need to be in terms of your habits, like what actually makes you feel better that elicits that weight loss you're looking for, otherwise taking the stress out of weight loss, which is one of our biggest goals, reach out to us because, you know, having a 15 minute conversation with you, I guarantee you we can have at least two or three habits that you can start working on right now to start making those positive changes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, well said. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And well, and congratulations to my client. You know who you are if you're yes. listening to this podcast um, because, you know, you are the one putting in all the work. We're just sort of the the puppeteers pulling the strings here yes. and there. So and thank you for being vulnerable enough to letting us uh, be part of that as well. Absolutely. So you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Please share this with a family or friend member. If you missed our episode from last week, we actually talked more in depth about the different types of detoxes and our own experiences with detoxes. That was in episode 60. So have a great week, guys, and we will talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.